bed than all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Happy Saturday. Hope you're all doing well. Nice and sunny out there. I like it. I like it, like it, like it. Oh, it's been a dull, a dull day gaming-wise so far. Haven't done anything really with my scenarios or anything like that. I had a good Thursday. I had a good, uh, a good chat on Tavern Chat, which is on Discord. Go to Eric Tinker's Tinker's Tavern. You can probably figure out, find a way to get an invite on there. A uh, lot of good discussion on there. We got some lively stuff. I think we were talking about... For some, at one point, they were talking about bards and how bards... There really isn't a good bard out there to do. I think Astonishing Swordsman has a good bard. I'm not sure. Anyway, that's a good topic, but not for this episode. I want to talk about the venerable ninth level spell Wish. Just a few thoughts on it, and we'll get into that after this. The ninth level Wish spell is unique, and its cousin, the limited Wish spell, which is basically a giving the player one free ride. And it's always been kind of, uh, I don't know, it's not as bad. It's always been controversial because of the way that early, in the early days, some a lot of GMs handled it because the players think, oh, they get something to, you know, they can do something really great with it. And the GMs are thinking, oh, how can I screw the characters with this? That kind of thing. I never liked that kind of thinking. But the Wish and the Limited limited Wish are kind of that way. And I'm, I'm kind of against that way of thinking. Because if I'm going to give out a Wish, they're going to earn it. And if they earned it, they deserve it. Now, if they want to mess it up, that's entirely possible and it's entirely within their wheelhouse, the player's wheelhouse. But on the whole, if I know what the players want and they make it pretty plain, I am not going to have them jump through hoops for it. Just because I'm that kind of guy. I felt this way ever since I started gaming. So... You know, some people play, oh, you're not, some people say, oh, you're not really an old school gamer because you do this, that, and the other thing. It's just, well, I've been doing this, that, and the other thing ever since first edition of AD&D, okay? Which is what I started with. There are certain things that I just never agreed with. And that includes screwing players with the wish spell. Just for the sake of screwing the characters. Because, you know, it's nice to think that Game masters do that because, oh, well, it makes the story more interesting. It makes, you know, it gives you more, more opportunity, gives them more opportunity to role play and, you know, go on quests and stuff. Eh, BS. They just want to mess with the players. They just want to mess with the characters, I should say. 
And that's the way I've always felt. I mean, I really don't think you need a summon lawyer spell to go along with this to make sure that you got all your bases covered so the game master can't misinterpret the way he wants. I mean, yes, there are monsters and characters out there that will do that anyway. I mean, there's genies and afreets that'll, you know, they'll, if, if they're any kind of evil or anything like that, they'll try and twist it the way you, you know, They'll try and twist it to their own ends or twist it so you don't get bad. It's kind of like doing a telling, kind of like a deal with the devil, you know? You know, the devil, if you're going to deal with the devil for your soul, he is always going to try and get your soul with as little effort as possible, with as little for him to put out as possible. And if he has to put out, he's going to make sure he twists it somehow. So, that that ain't me. It just that ain't me. Like I and like I said, there are characters and creatures out there that will do that, and I play them as such. But if somebody finds like a ring of three, three wishes or a, or something like that, you know, first of all, they're not. It's not going to be easy to find. This is going to be something at the end of the quest. This is going to be something where they ain't going to have to go through hell to get there. And I'm I'm. That's why I say. I do the wish this way because I want to make damn sure they earn it. And once they earn it, as my friend, my old friend Dan used to say when he ran D&D, he says, the wish knows what you mean. In this case, the wish knows what you mean, and it is not the game master's place to purposely misinterpret for the sake of, for the sake of, of just, you know, messing with the player or something like that. Now, if, you know, if he, if the game master, let, let me give you a couple of, let's say at least one exception. If the game master has an idea where it will make the story better or something like that, men, maybe, maybe rare, rare. Cause, because like I said, I don't like screwing the players. I don't like messing, messing with their characters that way. Because I, you know, I'm, you know, I've always said that as a game master, I think I'm more player than game master, because I'm always rooting for the characters and I remember what it's like being a player, and that always colors and informs my decisions. I'm not going to be like the way I think the legal profession goes, because I think lawyers, lawyers go through law, and if they become a judge, all of a sudden all that's out the window. Not all, not all the training stuff out the window. But the point is, I've seen lawyers, I've seen, not, not only on TV, but I've seen TV and movies, but I have you know, friend, a couple of friends who are lawyers, and they tell me horror stories about judges who just give them a hard time for no reason, just because they have a, they're on a power trip or something like that, or whatever the reason is. And they've got to take their lumps. But it seems like once that a lawyer becomes a judge, you'd think that they would, for the most part, remember what it was like being on the other side of that that bench and react accordingly. But most of them is like, okay, now it's my turn, to, my turn to mess with them, my turn to screw them, my turn to do that. And it just becomes a, that's the way it looks anyway. So, but that's the way I feel as, as being a game master, because I'm just, I'm that way. I remember being a player. 
I still am a player once in a while. And, you know, I'm not holding my game master responsible. I mean, if they're a jerk DM, GM, then, you know, they're a jerk GM. You know, then I'll get, you know, then, then you walk away. But being a player first and being a game master later, that makes me be a little more sympathetic to the players, to the, to the characters. Because we're te- remember, the game happens at the table. We're all telling a story together. And if you're going to be a jerk GM with the wish, th- that ain't right. If uh, you know, all things considered, all the things I've told you about, all things considered, that ain't right to me. I, I don't think that you know, old school game masters weren't all that cracked up. It wasn't all that cracked up to be an old school game master, in a certain sense. I'm sure people like Tim Cask and Frank Mentor and all these other people, and they just you know, and I'm not even holding them responsible, but. It, it was a style of play I've never approved of. Let me put it that way. The the dictatorial jerk GM. And I'm not saying they're jerk GMs. I'm just saying that that time period of them, the early TSR days. And, you know, people look at me and say, well, you don't seem very much like, a, like an old school game master. Believe me, I am. I just don't. I just never approved of certain things, and misinterpreting the wish spell just to mess with your players is one of those things that I disapproved of. So, I hope that helped you. And like I said, be fair, be consistent, interpret it how you want. So, I got to go start my day. So, if you want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognar@gmail.com, or you can drop me a voicemail on Anchor. We're monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help support this program, and I would thank you. Thanks again, Jonathan Dorgia, Wendell Jessen, Oliver Shriek, Gilbert Suarez, Juan Carlos Llewellyn, Daniel Reynolds, Dan Gregg, Benjamin Brodell, and the big John Allen Large. Don't forget to listen to Dan Gregg's The Young YUNG Grognard Podcast, and there's a couple on Anchor. Mark C. Wallring's The Yawning Albear and John Allen Large's the, the Red Dice Diaries. Don't forget about those. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Mm-hmm.